we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We're having a, a character spotlight for the first one because it's really relevant due to the Ahsoka trailer that recently mm-hmm. came out uh, for the Disney Plus series. We are going to be focusing on Grand That's his Admiral core name. Yes, which is a brilliant and amazing character that showed up in 1991 when Timothy Zahn wrote this amazing series called Heir to the Empire. The trilogy we desperately needed. Yes. Uh, It's set after the the fall of the Galactic Empire. You know, the Emperor is dead. The New Republic has been established. And here comes this character, which, you know, the leader of the the remains of the the Imperial Navy, so to say. And, you know, our, our characters have to, to fight him. Now, with the purchase of Disney, though, things have kind of changed. Uh, <laughs> but what I do enjoy and I do appreciate is how Disney knew that this character was pivotal to the Star Wars universe and was very important. So much so that they did bring him into the Disney universe through Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Um, which is why we're having the continuation of the story with Ahsoka. Uh, however, because of their change, you know, Rebels happens before, you know, four, episode four, five, and six. So why isn't he visible there? Well, they explain that as well. Um but it was really interesting how this character is and to see him removed from the pages of a book and put onto the screen. And it's going to be even more exciting to see him in Ahsoka in live action. Uh, and, you know, and the um, Lars Mikkelsen did the voice uh, of Thrawn. Brother of Mads Mikkelsen. That's what I was yeah. going to ask. I was going to ask yes. if it was Mads's brother. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, so it he did a fantastic job of voicing uh, Thrawn in Rebels. Um, I, just hearing the voice and the, the, the fluctuations of it, how he talks and everything is just brilliant and amazing. So, and, and those of you that don't know, Thrawn is Chiss. He's a Chiss, uh, which is an alien race from the Chiss Ascendancy, which is out beyond the Outer Rim. And there was a book called Outbound Flight that was part of the extended universe where Anakin and Obi-Wan went on this experimental spacecraft and met the Chiss for the first time. And that was when Thrawn was, well, he later on was supposedly first introduced, uh, if that made any sense. <laughs> because Heir to the Empire was definitely first. But because of the, the Disney rewrite, they put him in. Timothy Zahn did a new series called The Thrawn Descendancy, which rewrote uh, Thrawn's history in the Star Wars galaxy. Did it rewrite his history or did it simply clarify? It rewrote it. Um, because the Thrawn Descendancy, it puts it where Thrawn was actively participating with Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars where that was never the case before. Hmm. That's interesting to note. The book was fascinating because 
it's jumping around in time. Basically, the Emperor assigns Darth Vader and Thrawn to go out um, to do a mission. And then it jumps back in time. So you have these these flashback scenes where Anakin and Thrawn are doing stuff. And Padme's there, of course. But because of this, Thrawn sees Vader fight. Thrawn saw Anakin fight in the past. And Thrawn determines that Vader is Anakin Skywalker. And, you know, and that's like the best known secret in the entire galaxy. And Thrawn can figure it out because of the way he fights. Mm -hmm. Which is another amazing ability that this character has. So let's let's start let's start diving into some aspects of this. Because like you, I I think like everyone, uh, my first introduction to Thrawn was reading the Heir to the Empire trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh for like, I think it might have a more appro. I think it might have like a more exact title than that. But you have heir yeah. to the empire, and then dark forces rising or something. I forget what the other, yes. what the three titles. Dark are, force I, rising and dark, the last command. Thank you. Yes, I read all three of those, and I utterly loved them. Um, yes. I was also like a teenager at the time, so you know. But but I started reading them again, not that long ago, uh, and I still love them. I still think that they yeah. are the most quintessential star wars books outside of the main trilogy i agree um, and thrawn always struck me like like we, we we talk frequently about like in order for a game to be fun there has to be a way to win there has to be jeopardy right yes um and that's true of when you're reading a story when you're reading a story you want to feel victory when the heroes are successful but victory can only be felt if loss was a real probability was a real possibility right uh, there has to be jeopardy and not just hokum not just tropes but real jeopardy to the characters you care about and thrawn posed this highly intellectual non non you know sith driven power this threat this jeopardy to our characters when you first read do you remember what it was like when you first read about thrawn oh yes i do i was uh like you this trilogy was my uh introduction and it's pretty much the only thing that i know about thrawn i haven't followed him in the that that character and the other stuff uh, other media. Um, but I looked at this and man, it was a 180 degree shift from what I was used to for villains of the empire. And yeah. later on reading what Timothy Zahn had to say about it, that was his intent. He, he accomplished what he set out to do. And instead of having somebody being very menacing and being very physically threatening, this guy's intellect and his ability, his ability to have plans within plans. And if this thing fails, he still wins because he has this other thing over here. And while he's busy launching a major assault on, on this planet, he's getting what he actually wants on some other planet or the shipyards in this case. The fact that it made this guy, even when he lost the cost to the, well, rebel they aren't rebels anymore. The new Republic, the new Republic, the The cost of the new Republic was always very high, even when he lost and he, and it was almost impossible to beat him because if he loses here, he got a victory someplace else. So this guy seemed like a major, major threat. Like you were describing uh, Krebs. He just, he, he seemed unbeatable. Even when you beat him, you lost. And that, and he was so refined. 
He was so cultured and you really had trouble hating him. I think one of the things about him is he never came across as evil. He was working on the, what we traditionally think of as the bad guy's side, but unlike the other characters that we'd seen to this point, he wasn't necessarily evil. He just had a goal. He was focused on it, and mm-hmm. he was extremely, he was an extreme threat in accomplishing those goals. He was determined and committed to his outcome. Yes. Yes. I mean, he definitely was the, uh, he's, he's an anti-villain. He's not really a villain, but he, but he becomes, he's kind of the, the villain he's, of the he's story. He's the opposing force. Yes, right? he's the opposing force, but he's not the villain. And, you know, I, Timothy Zahn, like he, you know, Matthew said, did a perfect job because Star Wars at that point was Vader. Vader was the menacing force that just was wiping the floor. And he, you know, he would just, he'd crush a guy's windpipe out of frustration and anger, you know, very emotional and re- reactionary and then here comes you know the empire is falling here comes the fleet at the head of grand admiral thrawn and he's not emotional he's calculating he's you know every move there's other moves planned um mm-hmm. and it was you know when i read this it was amazing because most villains you know even like let's use example bond villains you know, it seems like they have all these pieces, but they do stupid things. They go into these monologues and, you know, James Bond always gets away and he can win the day. Like Matthew said, even when he goes into monologues, he's, he knows he's won. Even if he loses this battle, there's three, three or four other battles he's just won. And that's okay. Or he's forced the New Republic to lose so much that it cost them more to win this one battle than it did for him. And that was what was so amazing about this character. And you're just like, how are the, how, how are the heroes going to win? Like, yeah. even when they win, they lose. And it's just, it was amazing. It was amazing to have this character. And you can't not love this character. It's not like you hate him so bad like Joffrey that you just wanted to die. <laughs> you hate you. Hate how this guy is winning, but you also respect it and don't want this guy to be killed off because he's such an amazing character. And we see that time and time again. Also, looking at the cast, Lars Mikkelsen is returning as Thrawn in the live action, which is brilliant because he's got the voice and everything. So I'm excited that Disney is like Bo-Katan. They're using the original voice actors to actually play the characters. You know, in a bit of irony, the way you describe Thrawn and his uh, tactics, all I can say, tongue in cheek, it is so artistically done. Yes, (laughs) very much so. So, you know, it occurs to me that maybe some people aren't familiar with this character Thrawn. They love Star Wars, but they're not certain who Thrawn is. Maybe they haven't seen the animation or they haven't read the books. Um, and we, and Daniel, you were giving us kind of an introduction to him and we've talked about some of his character traits, yeah. but can we give just a really fast summary of who Thrawn is to the Star Wars universe? Yeah. So Thrawn in the Star Wars universe really is, like I said, he's the, an anti-villain, but at the same time, a double agent. He's working for the empire under the emperor, but at the same time, he's also working for the Chiss Ascendancy. 
you know, he's doing stuff for them. It just happens to be right now the two goals align. And, you know, because uh, they're – so the Chiss Ascendancy is in active extragalactic warfare with the Gris. And he's using the Imperial resources to help fight that. He has a, a massive Star Destroyer, which is called the Chimera. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's the only Star Destroyer that has a design printed on the hull. So it is very unique and distinct. That's really the best way to describe who he is. From my experience of Thrawn, which was primarily the Timothy Zahn trilogy, mm-hmm. um, because I am still to this day playing catch up on the Rebels cartoon. It would really help if I actually watched him. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, my experience with Thrawn kind of like fell in that category of the bad guys are always sexy. Like... Boba Fett, we've talked about this before. The only reason that Boba Fett exists outside of Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back is because he looked freaking cool. He was the yeah. he was he was the quiet, you know, bounty hunter and you know and he spoke up to Vader, right? Yes. He's like, uh, what about me? I, he's no good to me dead. You know, and then mm-hmm. all, all that stuff. And then Vader, like, spoke to him as an equal, not an underling, right? Except yeah. for the time where he looks at Boba Fett and says, no disintegrations. But that was yes. like a customer making a demand of yes. someone providing a service, right? And then, um, and then, of course, we had no clue what that meant until we saw the Mandalorian. And then we're yeah. like, <gasps> oh, now, now we know. know. Now we know yeah. what disintegrations look like. As far as appearance with Thrawn, he stands out. He, he's, he looks yeah. humanoid like, like everyone else. He's a near human, they describe him. Everything we've seen in episode four, five, and six, all of the Imperial officers were wearing gray and black. Thrawn shows up in crisp white, you know, a a white jacket, white slacks, boots, and he has deep blue skin and uh, black hair and red eyes. Yeah. Nothing we've ever seen before. We've seen a lot of strange creatures show up in star wars but yeah what what i one of the things that i really liked about thrawn when i was reading about him was his tactics to understanding how to dismantle an enemy Mm -hmm. uh his his number one thing like we've already mentioned that he's he's not sith um he doesn't have control of the force uh but he He really respects the force though yes yes he does well he he respects any opponent Right. Like he, he respects the opponent until there's nothing left to respect about the opponent. Um, and his his approach is if you want to dissemble, if you want to like tear apart your opponent, you don't have to worry about doing it physically. In fact, most most enemies will think that they're dying with honor the more that they suffer. And so you can't just go at them with sheer brute force all the time because you might get them to crumble, but you don't necessarily tear your opponent apart. You usually make a martyr out of them, and then you have a, a rising force to worry about. What he does instead is he learns about their culture primarily through their art. He uses their art oh, yeah. pieces, and he he analyzes them. And when you're reading this, uh, you know, in Timothy Zahn's novels, he he'll describe the art piece, and some of it is very abstract. But then Thrawn mm-hmm. starts dissecting it and starts pulling out little tidbits of information and extracting the information. And uh, it's brilliant. It's, it's genius. Uh, You're, you're watching genius unfold. Yeah. And he uses that information and he uses that 
that concept of their culture to understand where their weak points are. And then he mm-hmm. starts attacking those instead and yes. pries them apart. Um, well, this is what makes him an, truly threatening to me. Yeah. And another really big difference in dichotomies with this character. So Vader typically uh, punished failure like immediately where Thrawn promoted creativity among his crew. Mm -hmm. Uh, He accepted other ideas from his subordinates and we didn't see that a lot. I mean, even Tarkin was very similar to Vader where it's like, Oh, you failed. You're out. You know, he didn't accept failure. And we saw that in, in rebels too. Um, with Governor Price and uh, what I can't remember the other guy's name, um, but he eventually defected. Um, so it was very interesting. The other interesting thing where they moved, when they moved around into the Disney era, there were two projects going on. There was the Death Star project or Stardust, and then there was Thrawn's Tide Defender project. Tide Defenders are amazing Mm -hmm. vehicles and honest i mean they they were designed that they could u-turn in space you know tie fighters can't they got to take this big long you know turnaround and these could flip on a dime and you know attack they could be moving forward have an x-wing behind them they can flip around and now they're head to head and they could take out the the x-wing or whatever easily unfortunately tarkin chose to go with project stardust over that this is how brilliant he is as a tactician and a creator and an innovator that i honestly believe had they gone with the defenders the rebels would have been wiped out very easily had they mass produced these ships mm-hmm. matai that brings up a good question which is what was a thrawn move that just demanded you respect the guy <sighs> There was um, a number of things that that he did. I mean, when he seized control of the Katana fleet, that was when I thought, oh, we're we're doomed. It was one of those things like, I know the good guys have to win, but I have no idea how they could possibly do it Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was that was amazing. Um, He stole those mining drones or devices from uh, Orlando Calrissian, which is what brought him into the story. And people had only thought of them for use in mining operations. And instead he uses them as uh, boarding devices to take over a ship. I mean, just that kind of um, creative thinking, creative use of, uh, of things that people, nobody else was thinking of this. Nobody else recognized the threat that he put in there. Um, And, Timothy Zahn with the stuff that he had done that this character he created out of whole cloth. Um, I had been under the impression when I read these books that he wrote them based on George Lucas's notes. And this was the intended sequel trilogy. That's, That's not the case. Mm. Uh, yeah. Lucas gave him a few notes. Uh, what I mean by notes is direction instructions and says, you know, you have to, these are the guidelines within which you have to stay. Um, but other than that, the story, the plot was all Timothy Zahn. And when I read these novels, even the original Star Wars characters gave me the feeling of these are the same characters growing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not only did he create Thrawn, which I loved, but he also is the one who created Mara Jade. 
Uh, oh, uh, and Coruscant. Coruscant did not exist before Timothy Zahn. I did not know that. that wow. Yeah. He yeah. created Coruscant as the center of the Star Wars galaxy. Wow. And there was a few other things that he put in there that I didn't necessarily like. The Asalamiri anti-force creatures. I didn't see how that fit in with the lore as we knew it. And that kind of upset me. But it made for well. a very interesting plot complication. Uh, the story re revolved around what happens when a Jedi loses his connection to Can't the Force. Can't Jedi. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I just want to say this one last thing. My favorite scene from the books is when R2 lets out a whoop that says, Luke's here, don't fire, because he recognizes that the that Lando and his buddies are about to do this ambush. And he's like, wait, I have something in mind here. And one of the guys says to Lando, well, Luke's not a Jedi. He can't feel the force on this planet. And uh, Lando has, it really has a crisis for a moment, turns his blaster on his friend and says, Luke is always a Jedi, whether he can touch the force or not. And mm -hmm. that, that demonstration of character, that trust with somebody you haven't seen in a long time, but you fought a lot, he's brothers in arms, kind of a bond. And sure mm -hmm. enough, Luke pulled it out and was that was the right call to uh, to make. Uh, and I just love that. Even though he can't feel the Force, it made Luke stand out as a better character. He doesn't need the Force to be a Jedi. He's always a Jedi. And I kind of yeah. wish the sequel trilogy that we got uh, had been able to tell that kind of a story and yeah. instead they kind of took Luke another direction that I I did not like. This was a fantastic direction to take him instead. No, I have to agree. And that see this is what frustrated me so much about that sequel trilogy. Okay, so we have these books. We have these fantastic, amazing, wonderful stories uh, of Luke Skywalker and the direction he went. And I get Mark Hamill had aged quite a bit by the time they came around to doing these and he, he wasn't fit as you know he wasn't the right age either but you have this character luke skywalker that has overcome all these challenges like he's on a planet where there's no he can't connect to the forest and yet he still is able to save the day he's able to overcome these obstacles and yet in the sequel trilogy he has a moment of doubt and weakness. We all do. Ignites his lightsaber over the bed of his, his nephew. And his nephew sees him and brings the house down on him. And then he, he takes off and hides on a island and drinks cat, sea cow juice. Not the, the Luke Skywalker that I read. Not the Luke Skywalker that went against Thrawn and faced him down. Um, and I hope, I really hope, you know, because I mean, looking at the cast, Anakin Skywalker, you know, Hayden Christensen is listed on the cast for Ahsoka. I would love to see somehow maybe even Luke being incorporated into that. So we can see they do mention the tagline, the heir to the Empire in, oh in the trailer. And that like the hair on my arms like <laughs> stood on end because like, oh, my gosh, maybe we'll get some of this story. And maybe we can see younger Luke going to him. And maybe that would explain some of the, a more broken down Luke later on because of the battles with Thrawn and stuff like that. I've got another question for you. Hmm. Did you guys hear the latest news about Tusken Raiders? Oh, no. Mm, no. 
uh well apparently they have some tax issues they've got some tax fraud apparently they always single file to conceal their numbers (laughs) (laughs) i got you on that one huh that was a good one that was apropos to the month and everything well i can't i I can't end on that then uh so oi brother how does how does wicket get around endor he walks that's right (laughs) oh my god okay now i'm back in form okay now now make a pun with low grain really impressive he he jumps on a speeder and takes off (laughs) so so to kind of like kind of like bring it back to the to the core concept here or the reason why we're talking about this um when you saw when you saw in the ahsoka trailer thrawn's back not even his Mm -hmm. face thrawn's back what happened to you in that in that moment well i mean for me it was the same as when i was watching rebels i'm watching rebels and he walks in for the first time and i'm just like i'm just like (laughs) i i'm just stunned i'm speechless because this is the first time i've seen thrawn so that was amazing. Now we're getting to see him in live action. It would be amazing. It would have been amazing to see Heir to the Empire trilogy in, in, on film. It mm-hmm. really would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to, now, now we're getting him on the big, the big mini whatever screen you want to call it. Some people's TVs are pretty massive, but we're getting <laughs> to see that, and that is amazing. And not only that, as cool as it is to see it in the CG animated films, in my opinion, Star Wars still exists in its best form is on the screen in live action. Yes. Um, I still, to this day, think that is the best. I, I still love Bad Batch and Clone Wars and Rebels. It's better than a cartoon because, well, cartoon hasn't really worked. We saw droids um, <laughs> and Ewoks, but to see the, it just makes it more real in my opinion, to see the, the live action, you Absolutely. Know, seeing Cad Bane in the Mandalorian that in was live incredible. action was incredible yes. and amazing. Even though I've seen him so much in Clone Wars, there is just something that makes that just a little bit more it's, real in my it's mind. It's the magic of the original trilogy, which is that the vast majority of the special effects in the original mm-hmm. 77, 80, and 83 cuts was that everything was practical effects, right? Yes, there was rotoscoping over physical objects. Uh, yes, there was composition shots with models that exploded using a computer-controlled uh, the, gimbal and everything. And right? the models were really incredible, and uh, they really yes. pioneered the... Uh, What's it called that when they, they have a repeatable camera motion? I mean, ILM invented that for the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they invented the computer system that drove the gimbal so they could get the same sequence uh, of camera yeah. movements over and over and over again. Right. Yes. And, the, and the way that they treated Cad Bane in the Mandalore, in, in the Boba Fett series, um, the way that they treated Cad Bane made him tangible. It made yes. him something you could touch. And the yes. same thing is true of, of Grogu and Mando and mm-hmm. all these other elements in the Star Wars universe that we see. Even, even the frickin' Sarlacc, blech, even that thing, right? Uh, the the when you do things with practical effects, it makes it real. And yeah. we we 
when I say we, I mean Star Wars fans like unto us, mm -hmm. uh, the whole, you know, spectrum of people who know who Thrawn is. We have been yeah. dying for a for like a a truly fantastic real life interpretation of Thrawn. And yeah. even just in this trailer, just watching him walk. I was like, oh, my smokes, this is happening. And then yeah. you're right. Rosario Dawson, Ahsoka, said the thing, right? Oh, yes. she said the thing. She said the thing. She says the heir to the Empire. And, was like, oh, no! and I was like super excited that that the white-haired uh, Sith Lord was going to be like Joris Sabaoth. But it ends up it's not. It's it's Balin Skull. But oh, anyway. Um, it's okay. But with all of this, with all of this that's happened... What do you think? I'm, I'm going to start with Matthew on this one. Matthew, what do you think are the chances that we will see the Timothy Zahn trilogy done live action style like in a now, like 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 in the next five, ten years? What, what do you think is the, are the chances? I, I think it's not. Um, I with the, the extended universe being made non-canon, uh, the way that Lucasfilm, especially under Disney's uh, supervision, is cherry picking things from mm -hmm. uh the extended universe i don't see how the story that timothy zahn wrote for that trilogy could fit with the canon that they have created now however they are have successfully pulled characters from it and i am really excited to see what they do with thrawn the fact that they've got lars mickelson playing him in real life that's a person who's been literally inside the character uh so he's going to do it justice i don't see any way he couldn't uh and um so also really he's a mickelson Yes, yes. There's some fa there's a lot of talent runs in that family. Um so I think he's going to be great. I think the story is going to be very different. I just don't see how they could pull the the timeline is so different. You don't the characters that he depended on that he wove into the story are now much older or dead. Uh yeah. so I yeah, I just don't see that story coming to pass. However, if they can pull out Thrawn I think we are way overdue for Mara Jade. Oh, yes. <laughs> but if so, you do Mara Jade, you have to bring back Luke. I think we'll see bits and pieces of the Heir to the Empire series. I don't think they can do it because a lot of the characters aren't there. I mean, we don't have Han. We don't have Leia. We don't have uh, Luke, really. We've seen a younger Luke. Um, we could maybe see a younger Leia because of uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. We can't. We don't have anyone that can play a younger Han, really. I mean, let's face it. For some reason, the only one that can really do Han is Harrison Ford, and he's way too old. Um, <laughs> Tell that so to Indiana can, Jones Part yeah, Five. You know, and not only that, we are. Empire, Leia's pregnant. <laughs> I, I understand what Disney was trying to do. From a business standpoint, they're trying to clear the junk so that they can make their Star Wars their thing. But I think that was probably a big mistake. You know, instead of picking, hey, let, you know, we know this exists out there. We're going to make a Star Wars movie, but we're going to put it over here where no one's touched anything. Or even put it in the Imperial, but we're going to have these other characters. Instead, they wanted to sweep it off and do this and change things. And they threw out such great material. They threw out things that like this series air to the, the air to the empire trilogy was amazing 
and so well done, you know, as well as so many other things like KOTOR and that, but that's all been swiped away as legends. But the problem with that is there's so much, how is it all legends? There's got to yeah. be some truth in there and you got to start bringing it back. And I think that's why, at least in my opinion, there the Star Wars fans are so enraged with everything is because instead of like, we bought this because we know it has this fan base and we're going to make money from them. They're just like, let's get rid of this. Everything the fans have liked, we're going to make our own stuff. Of course they're upset. They're enraged because I would love to see Mara Jade show up in the, in Ahsoka. That would yes. be beautiful. That'd be amazing. You know, even if she's just, you know, you know, she's a bodyguard for Thrawn because he's found her and she was the right hand of the emperor. Um, that would be amazing. But I don't know if we'll get it because we don't, as far as we know, Luke never got married because he doesn't have kids. And because his his kid was Ben Skywalker. Well, we know Ben Solo is floating around there and yeah. they never had Anakin or, their, or Jason and Jaina or anything like that. And, so and these are all characters that were amazing post empire and it's it's frustrating. Yeah, it's almost like Star Wars needs a what if series, right? <laughs> um and and I'm I, I think you both have made salient arguments uh around this. Um and it it I I thought for a moment I had a new hope, but mm-hmm. not anymore. Uh my co-host struck back and uh, but actually here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing um we have the technology we do have a body of actors that would be reasonable youthful interpretations of these characters though the original actors are much more aged by comparison right uh mm-hmm. sorry mark hamill for saying that out loud i love you you will always be young for me um but uh you know I, we do have a body of actors that we can pull from you know, I know, I know this always comes up all the time, but Sebastian Stan as a young, as, as a Luke in his current age would be yeah, perfectly, yeah. uh, you know, be great fit. Um, the actor who, who played Han in the movie solo is an acceptable, uh, is an acceptable likeness. There's another actor who mm, was like yeah. a YouTube influencer who actually looks like Harrison Ford, yeah. but he doesn't have the acting chops. Yeah, um, I disagree on that, but uh, young Lando Calrissian, yep. uh, Donald Glover, Donald Glover, yep. Donald Glover. Yeah. yes, him, yeah. yes, Donald Glover, um, and then the uh, Chewie's a little easier, right? You just got to find a really tall Danish guy. But anyway, uh, and they already they already have one in there. I know yeah. that's that's why I said it that way. Um, but uh, Leia is is I think a harder one to cast. I know her daughter is still here, but let's be honest, her daughter does not look that much like her. She might have the same mm-hmm. mannerisms, but she doesn't look like her. But all yeah. that said, we have the technology, we have the body of actors, we we have a fan base that, to your point, Daniel, has been disenfranchised to a certain degree because Disney, with all of its creative powers and resources, instead of leaning hard into the stuff that we already loved, forced a rewrite. And when that happens, sometimes good things occur, like The Mandalorian. And and I, I... I know where you stand on this, but I love the series Andor. You know, I thought those things were really good. Um, And then some, some not so great things happen. Like the, the problems that we see with the trilogy, there were some with the trilogy sequel, the sequel trilogy. Thank you. Episodes seven, eight, and nine. There were some good things that came out of that. And there were some bad things that came out of that. 
given that the Ahsoka series is, you know, a, a Filoni series, a Favreau series, um, I have high hopes and expectations that the Thrawn we see on screen is the Thrawn we've seen in our imagination for decades, right? Oh, yeah. I already know oh, what yeah. it's going to be because uh, Dave Filoni did Rebels. So mm -hmm. it's the same Thrawn. It's yeah. going to come across. Absolutely. We're not going to get someone different, which is fantastic. That's why I trust this character to him. I don't think I would trust it to anyone else. Now, I know there's probably going to be other directors, you know, directing these episodes, and he is going to be leading that march. Um, but I am excited. I'm excited to see that. Now, I will say with Disney's announcements, I'm not so excited about the, you know, the new movie 15 years later with Ray. I am excited about the one that's going to be in the Mandalorian uh, in sphere of influence that they've announced and Dave Filoni and John Favreau are in charge of that. But I also, but I am really excited about the first Jedi. You know, they've decided to finally get away, go into the history to create a storyline. We don't really know that we have bits and pieces. And this is where I think Disney could really excel, get away from the chunk we really know and have loved and to build something that's just as amazing in this world that we will love and we will be excited about. I think that's extremely away, well said. You mean getting away from the Skywalker family and investigating some more of the universe, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. This, yeah. this universe is tens, if not hundreds of thousands of years old and we have so much time and space. Let's explore that, whether it's the past or the future them creating the high republic era i think is great because we don't have anything in that play with it all you want but just make sure you don't break our star wars by throwing in another thing like midichlorians yeah so folks out there you know we've talked about uh, several topics but mostly grand admiral thrawn who is an incredible character in the star wars universe if you have not yet go out and read timothy zahn's star wars trilogy heir to the empire dark force rising and the last command and if you're feeling particularly ambitious after reading that trilogy check out the thrawn series books one through three because there is a trilogy dedicated just to thrawn in his past uh yes. absolutely phenomenal character i i so adore that they got uh, Lars Mikkelsen to represent him because there are there, there's only a handful of people on this planet who could represent Thrawn in live action properly and a Mikkelsen be it Mads or Lars is perfect <laughs> yes I loved this uh, I loved those books can't recommend them enough like I said I it maintained the feel of Star Wars in in my opinion the 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 feel the the look feel theme of star wars was more true in the timothy zahn heir to the empire trilogy than it was in the sequel trilogy and yeah. uh, i'll fight you on that <laughs> uh if you want to read the newer stuff because you don't want to read the heir to the empire stuff because this is the newer stuff is canon that's fine the nice thing about those books is it gives you enough information about anakin skywalker in the clone wars era that you can really understand Anakin and it starts to put pieces together so that you can understand kind of his motivation to becoming Vader and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you get a really cool glimpse at Thrawn. Both series are great. Is canon. 
One is now Legends, but they're great reads. They're fantastic. Timothy Zahn blesses with a fantastic character mm-hmm. um, that I am excited to see how this character is played out in live action. We get to see this amazing character, and it will make this character just a little bit more real to all of us. So, with that said, we're out of here. And my little nerdlings, let your geek flag fly. So say we all. And whether you're rooting for the Empire or you're rooting for Thrawn, it's the same thing. Always remember to be epic and don't suck. Thrawn never sucks. Never. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us.